The Black Lives Matter protests, spurred by the killing of George Floyd on the 25th of May 2020, swept through the US and spread across the world, reaching as far as Lebanon. Everywhere, the questions were raised about the law enforcement brutality, systemic racism and national history. But what is the BLM? How did it begin? Can it be or become a seismic shift in the fight against racism in the US and elsewhere? May the recent protests in thousands of cities across the world finally eventuate equality for people of all skin colours? With me to discuss Black Lives Matter is Professor Eva Wuczak. Eva Wuczak is Professor of American Studies at Warsaw University. She's the author of How They're Living in Europe Affected Five African-American Authors Toward a Theory of Expatriate Literature and Breeding and Eugenics in the American Literary Imagination. She's also the co-editor of New Cosmopolitanisms, Race and Ethnicity, Cultural Perspectives. Uh, she has just finished her recent book, Eugenic Body Snatchers, Scientific Hatred and Humor, that is being reviewed for the Penn State University Press. Her academic interests include African-American fiction, humor studies, cosmopolitan studies and the cultural presence of the theories of race, intelligence and exclusion, especially as manifested in the science of eugenics. She was, amongst others, Kosciuszko Foundation Research Scholar at UC Irvine and Johns Hopkins University and a Fulbright Scholar at UCLA and UC Riverside. This is IMP from the Institute of English Studies at the University of Warsaw. After a longish break, this is Bartosz Rutostański, your host. Hello and welcome. Professor Wuczak, um, thank you very much for uh, meeting me uh, today. Um, I would like to talk to you today about Black Lives Matter. So first of all, is where does this movement come from? What is its genealogy, its history, its, its roots? Yes, it, uh, it is rooted in actually a very good tra uh, um, tradition um, African-American tradition of activism. And uh, it, um, it was sparked by the acquittal of, um, of uh, Timmerman, who was, uh, he was a white vigilante who, was, um, who took upon himself the responsibility of confronting a black individual, a black teenager uh, in Florida. And uh, as a result of the scuffle, you know, he shot the guy. And uh, he was acquitted, um, and that was the year was uh, 2013. Um, and because that the awareness, you know, of activists about simple injustice that was happening um, led to, uh, to to an exchange of uh, messages and to the decision that um, they should start together. Um, something that would be bigger, that they should start the movement that would draw attention to racial injustice and to actually the police abuse of power and police violence um, when it comes to African American, African Americans, males mostly, but not only males. So, uh, so that's that's the beginning. So we're talking about the year 2013. And this new generation of activists 
taking their position and the very principled stand on the police uh, abusing its position, the police having the monopoly in, in the United States on violence and, um, and wishing to change uh, the situation, wishing to draw attention to the problem, which is a, they believe is a systematic problem. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's basically the, the origin of the movement. And we can see how actually the peak of the movement that was the beginning of June this year after, uh, after the murder of George Floyd, when they managed to mobilize a couple of million people across the United States, yes, to um, participate in peaceful demonstrations across the country in various cities in the United States, exactly as a result of um, George Floyd being uh, killed by the police officer um, through the, the um, um, chokehold. And by the way, the police, uh, American police, is kind of um, famous for uh, for its abuse of this um, uh, of this procedure. You know, so they either shoot or use chokehold. So they this is you know this it's a kind of a peak moment, a peak uh, moment, um, momentum, a new kind of momentum for this movement, the Black Lives Matter movement, and it it um, it reverberated. It had um, consequences global consequences yes so because of the social media Mm -hmm. and yes we are talking about demonstrations in other major western world cities um in paris huge demonstrations yes in london so wherever there is a problem you know with the uh with race and systematic problem with violence you know with, with the police abusing power yeah so that's exactly so, sorry to interrupt yeah so, so basically in your view the the black lives matter concerns itself as a movement with protesting against systematic violence uh on the grounds of race is that your basic premise yes, yes that's that's uh, basically yes that's how it started and that's still how uh, probably majority of activists would, you know, would identify themselves themselves with this premise. Even though at the same time, I think that it is becoming bigger than its original premise. I think that now with what we saw with protests across the United States, especially, I think what we can see is the the level of the dissatisfaction of. Uh, of the liberal uh, Americans or left-wing Americans against um, the kind of a conservative policy, yes, that tends to divide the country, that tends to that that and that is identified with the presidency of Donald Trump. Right, so it yeah. became a political movement, not only a social movement. Political, but I right. think mm-hmm. those protests it became a very strong political movement that has other agenda and maybe it's not well specified agenda because, you know, uh, you know, there are all kinds of reactions as a result to this, of this, uh, people are talking specifically about the police, how to use a different, maybe, um, how to maybe replace even the police with yeah, a different. Dismantle it, right? a, so there was one of the, uh, yes, yes, to dismantle yes, those. Dismantle, in, in, dismantle it. 
yeah. yet. And of course, the question was, what would we uh, create instead? So I remember there was the debate, for example, in Minneapolis itself. Yeah. Um, that that would be closer to the origin of Black Lives Matter. But I do believe that those people that were um, in the street, you know, um, in LA, in um, in um, in New York City, uh, they uh, black and white, you know, people. They were actually protesting against something more than that, something bigger. Not only the police injustice. They were um, mm-hmm. protesting or expressing their dissatisfaction in with what they believe is the direction the America is taking. You know, the United States is taking that it's you know uh, with this presidency that it's becoming very uh, conservative, uh, that stresses, you know, that uh, provides, opens the gate to all forms of racism um, because of the rhetoric that is being used, um, that is uh, what they believe is foreign, uh, alien towards the, the basic American premise, and this is that of equality and openness. And I do believe that what we saw was not only Black Lives Matter movement. It was a movement, political movement against uh, economic injustice mm-hmm. because there is you know, the growth of discrepancy between the rich and the poor. And, you know, there, were, there was a lot of looting. This is new in race riots. We have a lot of looting, vandalism. We have, you know, um, um, uh, people getting on the streets of Madison Avenue in New York City, the, one of the, you know, uh, chain stores Avenue, Beverly Hills, you know, we have uh, um, uh, Rodeo Drive, yes, being looted. This is something something different, and I think that, you know, this is the way of people expressing their frustration, dissatisfaction with this growing discrepancy, economic discrepancy between those that, you know, they're ex- extremely rich and those that are poor, and frequently those that are, you know, economically underprivileged, they are people coming from ra- racial minorities, ethnic minorities. I don't like racial, you know, that, that denomination myself, but ethnic minorities. Right. It's frequently the case. So I think people were saying much more than this. You know, they were talking about American values. They were talking about um, um, economic problems. And then we have to remember that it all this happened uh, with COVID-19 right. leading to the lockdown of the United States. And, you know, and that affected people and, you know, economy as well. Um, because we're talking about in the, the, the peak of an additional frustration, you know, about my future, about my everyday future. Mm-hmm. We're talking people in, you know, all kinds of services. And, you know, as a result of the lockdown, losing their job, you know. And so that wasn't a problem also of liberal um, dem, you know, of those liberals, you know, that have, you know, good income that could stay at home. Um, so we're talking about, you know, all those factors coming together. Sure. We're talking about, you know, an attempt in the fall of 1219 to impeach the president of the United States. That's right. And over what seems to be the, the, the obvious um, evidence, you know, of him inviting another country, you know, to meddle in, uh, in American political campaign, you know, and in American political election and be, becoming immoral and unethical and not being impeached, you know. And this is happening, you know, just a couple of months ago. And we're talking about the power of the media, you know, and, you know, the media giving, you know, everybody this picture of the country, 
You know, what is happening to this country? You know, we are, where do we stand economically? Where do we stand um, politically? Where do we stand ethically as a nation? And then we have this, we have race. Where do we stand racially? Um, and I think all this led to this movement becoming bigger, you know, really, you know, people getting out in the street, you know, voicing their support for Floyd, but Floyd is becoming a symbol, yeah. you know, um, for, you know, um, respecting an American life, but of every, every American that is underprivileged, that is, uh, you know, racially underprivileged or profiled, this is, you know, the case with the police, but it's underprivileged also economically and, you know, stands by the ideas of justice and stands by the ideas of equality and respect every American. So this is how I see this, um, basically. Okay. So do you think that uh, this combination of so many factors, so many profound, powerful factors that led to these massive protests across the whole country, and do you think that this fact that this this BLM protests are different from the other ones in the past. Do you think that this time BLM does have a chance to really cause a, a, a significant change in the American politics, uh, society and history, right? Because there was like a number of the topplings of many, uh, many, um, um, of many figures associated with with the with the uh, South and slavery and so on. What do you think about that? Is BLM able now to, to yeah. be something bigger? Yeah, um, you know what I do believe so. One thing, you know, again back to the police force, and it's happening right now as I speak um, that the police across the country they they are extremely aware of the kind of a double bind in which they find themselves and of the responsibility that now they take upon themselves when they go out into the streets. And, um, and to me, one of the examples would be um, a kind of a symbolic gesture by one of the police, high-ranking police officers in uh, New York Police Department forces when he kneeled in front of the protesters and then expressed publicly, you know, his solidarity with those that were engaged in peaceful protests and saying, yes, you know, I am with you, you know, you are on the right side. And at the same time, what he did, he said, but, you know, we, as a police force, we have to protect our neighborhood, our community against looting and, you know, acts of vandalism, because that is what is what was happening in New York City as well. Sure. But I do believe that this movement definitely, you know, shattering so many police departments right now that, you know, whoever goes out there, you know, um, any police officer is absolutely aware of, of him being 100% more careful before he resorts to this kind of violence. Two, I do believe that 
uh, as a result of this. Uh, probably that will vary from one state to another. There will be systematic changes in within the police department and within um, and meaning procedures that are um, required of police officers when they are entering what they call the crime scene. Um, so there are excessive use of force, which is not a joke, and I'm absolutely aware of this, you know, um, being scared by the police officer myself and being a white woman. I am aware of, you know, of how they don't have to shoot right away, how they don't have to do, you know, um, the, the chokehold um, abuse bit, uh, how they don't have to beat people in police vans, and this is what happened a couple of years ago. In Baltimore, there were riots because they did this. They um, beat up a guy and he died due to the spinal injury. And I was in Baltimore, by the way, at that time. Um, so I do believe that there will be, you know, consequences of this, you know, so that will translate into into this. That's for sure. I think that there, because we are just a couple of months before presidential elections. Oh, right. Of course. I think that This will oh, this will absolutely impact the direction the presidential elections are taking right now. Yes, um, I because what the the you know uh, Joe Biden has to factor in. Yes, that there is the the, the there is the, the crowd that is can be easily mobilized and that needs really a principal position. You know on on race, on equality, on economic discrepancy. Um, so, you know, that's important before the presidential election. Another thing um, that I think it's also uh, the awareness of how easy it is to, uh, how, you know, what, depending on the results of those presidential elections, all kinds of scenarios are possible in the United States right now. And we're talking not about peaceful protests anymore. We're talking about exactly violence. And, um, and I think that, so, and this, is, and this is because of the past months, you know, that I think politicians are thinking about this. It's, it's, it's not just a thing that can be ignored. Um, you know, those things, the changes are happening right now when we talk about, you know, racial minorities, for example, Hollywood decided that it will no longer, you know, screen Gone with the Wind, or it wasn't Hollywood, it was actually, one, you know, one of right, the, yes. Oh, yes, Gone with the Wind, you know, one, you know, of the most profitable movies, you know, ever made, yeah. ever made in the history of, of Hollywood. It's just a symbolic dimension, but finally, finally the realization that maybe this is the movie that, <laughs> you know, is, It has been bringing us money, but maybe, you know, this is, it should be talked about always, you know, uh, as a kind of a historical movie, Absolutely. you know, because it tends to perpetuate certain racial stereotypes. So, you know, finally, you know, there is, people are taking more steps, you know, um, uh, you know, on all kinds of levels um, um, and about, you know, that have to confront What and I do believe that 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 is the case of uh, a kind of a liberal America's um, kind of a very um, 
clean attitude towards racism. Yes, that racism is out there. It doesn't affect us. We are not part of this. Uh, you know, we have our nice jobs. We, we, we love black people. We love Latinos. You know, we party together. You know, it doesn't affect us. But we do benefit, you know, still from, um, from a certain system. Yes, we send our schools to, uh, to different, uh, we send our children to different schools, you know, yeah, in which, for sure. example, they, you know, they, they are not exposed to uh, those other kids, you know, in, in state schools because we have money. So, you know, we use the rhetoric, you know, but we, we live as if apart from the system. The awareness, I think there is a very strong awareness that America is really divided, you know, and, uh, and the, the gap is growing. And, and unfortunately, the gap is still very much frequently along those racial lines. So we're talking about economy, you know, and also exacerbating, you know, um, uh, that, that, that movement. Okay, thank you very much for this extensive take on the Black Lives Matter movement. Thank you very much again, Professor Rujak. Thank you for finding time for, to talk to me and have a good day. Bye-bye. My thanks also go to Robert Zmijewski for helping me to set up the uh, podcasting equipment. Uh, and uh, of course, I would like to thank you for listening to Uh, to us um, on SoundCloud. Uh, please let your friends know about this podcast. Please let your family know about uh, this podcast. Uh, we will be very thankful for uh, finding new audiences. Uh, so my thanks again to Professor Wujak. Thank you for listening. Take care. Bye-bye.